Everything My Sister Said podcast, and I'm your host, Uche Amuneke. You might know me from my YouTube channel, where I share useful tips and advice to help Christians deepen their faith and get closer to God. But on this podcast, I discuss the questions, perspectives, and concerns of you and of my other brothers and sisters in Christ, issues that most singles and young adults face, but are rarely or never discussed in church. And if you need help biblically navigating a life issue, follow me on any of my social media platforms to get connected. And be sure to rate and review this podcast if you enjoy it. All right, let's get started with today's episode. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the podcast. And today we're going to be jumping into part three of the singleness series. This is where stuff gets really real, okay? Because by the end of this episode, y'all will know the four things I did that helped me understand that there is a huge difference between being content with singleness and being content in singleness. And just to break it down a little bit further, there is a difference between being content with God and with singleness and being content with God in the season of singleness, no matter how long that season is. For those of you who have the gift of celibacy, for those people you've heard of, for those Pauls that have the gift of celibacy, they are content with God and with singleness. But if you don't have that, Our goal, what I realized I was working towards, what I realized I needed to accept is that I need to be content with God in the season of singleness. It impacted a whole lot in my life, understanding this concept. And I'm going to share those things with you guys and the steps that I took during this refining process. It's it's kind of heavy. It's a process. It's a soggy process, but literally it's changed my life. And I believe that's going to change yours too. And I'm excited for it. This is my excited voice. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Apparently, a lot of people tell me that my tone of voice doesn't change, but I'm actually really excited about it. Okay. Just for those of you who haven't really listened to my podcast, this is your first time. I think probably the best phrase that captures my my mood and my vibe for what I've gone through the uh, three plus years that I've been single and hearing messages from sermons and pastors and books and blogs that singleness was a gift is just don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. And I literally almost named the series that, but I did obviously, because personally, I think for most pastors and most sermons and most books, they're wanting to encourage people, make them feel better. And while that's lovely, while that's nice, I actually don't care about, I don't care about being encouraged. I just want the truth because the truth is being single for me for the longest time, it really just sucked. I felt unwanted and just, it just was an awful feeling. I wanted to know how to deal with that and how to practically deal with that. Um, and so, and for me doing this podcast, I get a little insecure about it because I'm like, man, I don't want people to think I'm being negative. I don't want people to think I'm just bashing on churches and just, I just hate my life and I'm just having a hard time with the message and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's not that at all. And I'll say this right now, sitting here right now with you guys, I can tell you 100% that I am so content with God in this season of singleness. But my, me being content right now has nothing to do with those of you who are discontent and upset and depressed and unhappy, you're in your own stage of this process. And I, I'm not going to pretend like that my peace somehow transfers to you. It doesn't. It, it really doesn't. 
So with that in mind, these are the steps and experiences that got me to that point. So the first step for me with being content with God in singleness was probably the most obvious and whatever. I needed to recognize that this world is broken, first of all. And then second of all, that sin plays a role in damaging relationships and sin plays a role in this world. That means recognizing that sin plays a role in keeping people who want to be married, keeping them single. I had to ask myself, so what could be keeping people single? What could be damaging relationships? And I realized that things like unrealistic beauty standards, what this world tells us is desirable and beautiful, what your families will accept, what you've been taught is acceptable to date or to marry, debt, gossiping, all these things that damage relationships, all these things that damage um, friendships, they're the same things that are standing in the way of our relationship with God, first of all, and then our relationship with each other. Platonic, dating, married, whatever. They're there. And at the same time I was noticing this, I also noticed that a lot of the lessons, a lot of the messages that I heard, these pastors would actually acknowledge the brokenness of the world that we live in. Acknowledge that there are um, sin struggles, idols, things that get in the way of relationships, things like pornography, and that pornography is has a heavy hand in um, passiveness with dating. I saw this meme that said, um, me, I really want a relationship so bad I want a relationship. Me after masturbating, eh, I'm good. I don't really need a relationship right now. And that is completely true for a lot of things regarding singleness and how masturbation and pornography have impacted the sex lives of married couples and, you know, and just has impacted men and women in the case of pursuing relationship with real people. So I remember thinking it was very weird and very not striking and kind of ironic that the message of singleness being a gift is usually said after they acknowledge that sin can keep people single. And I was like, but God has nothing to do with that sin. God has nothing to do with pornography, nothing to do with um, those addictions. God has no nothing to do with sin. So then calling the result of that sin a gift from him is ridiculous. So yeah, what I had to recognize was not just acknowledge the brokenness of this world, but acknowledge the part that it plays. Like, but for real though, you know, um, a family history of abuse or abandonment or a family history of divorce can totally change someone's perspective about having a relationship with other people. Or, you know, someone who's obsessed with the way other people look, obsessed with their looks. I mean, that's vanity. And that's going to inform how they choose who they want to date. And then also there's, of course, I mean, there's a fear of rejection, that there's passivity and laziness in dating. And those play a huge role in keeping people single and keeping people from um, pursuing relationship with one another. And that just made me understand that there's something to be mourned. Because there are a lot of amazing people, especially the ones that I know, <laughs> that are losing their opportunity to have a relationship because of these sins. 
because that's a hard thing that's happening. There's going to be sadness because there's loss there. But with that loss, there's a response to it. Which brings me to the second thing that I had to recognize and accept um, despite or in spite of what was being taught. I had to understand that since I myself was having a hard time, was becoming depressed, my faith was being challenged during this time that I am single, during this time that I am um, desiring marriage, I had to understand that I was in the midst of a trial. No matter how many times it was told to be a gift, I had to realize I'm having a hard time with it. That means I'm in the midst of a trial. I am suffering. I am struggling in this. I had to get that through my head. And once I understood that, I realized that my response to this trial and this, my response to this suffering it has been all wrong, completely wrong. And sadly, because of the positive spin because that is put on singleness and the messaging that it's a gift for people, it's, it sounds crazy, but there's a lot of women and men that literally have no idea because of what they're taught. They have no idea that they're going through trials and that they're going through suffering. They have no idea because they are hurting. And while they're hurting and being upset and feeling discouraged, they have a message that what they're going through is a gift from God. That is so messed up. And it's literally the epitome of gaslighting because the truth is, if you're suffering, if you're having a hard time, you're going through a trial. And I just want you to know if you're in that position, you're being content with God is not being content in your situation. You can have cancer. You can have lost a job, lost a spouse. You do not have to be happy about that trial and suffering you're going through. Our hope is in the Lord. Our joy is in the Lord. And what's awesome is that God's word actually says, we don't rejoice for our sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings and more specifically rejoice in the hope that God is not just going to leave us there, that he's going to do something great and awesome with that circumstances, even if it's um, a trial or a struggle. And what I will say also say is that, um, that God is a God of provision. He says he'll provide a way out of trials and suffering. That's what the Bible says about it. Because, you know, doesn't want us to stay in them, but God will provide a way out and sanctify a situation so that it will become a blessing. And me believing that God um, can make every single circumstance a blessing, that he can sanctify everything, it made me understand that singleness can be a blessing totally, 100%, but only if God is involved. But here's the thing. That type of faith is only possible when you understand who God is. And the only way you'll understand who God is, is by reading your word. And so that actually brings me to the third thing. The third thing that I did in my process of becoming content with God and singleness was to reaffirm, reestablish his character in my mind and stop listening to and stop taking in lessons that contradicted God's biblical character. And this is super important because I have seen firsthand that what I believe about God is going to impact how, how I respond to him. 
the idea that God gives bad gifts, that God wants me to suffer and be miserable in singleness for any reason, is ridiculous. It is unacceptable. I literally hear strong believers saying that God gave them this trial. God is trying them so that it can make them better. Because something good came out of their struggles, they're like, oh, it's a gift, totally, it's from God. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I got into crack because it's a gift because if I had not have overdosed, it would have changed my life. I'm like, the overdose was not a gift from God. You overdosing? Oh my, it's good that you ran to God after that overdose and he was able to sanctify that situation. Any trial we go through, it's not gonna direct us to go to God. First, our flesh is not going to want to go there, but we will seek comfort. And we, I just pray that as we seek comfort, we seek it with God. And that's the only thing that helped me. And if you're believing that God gave you something bad to help you, I would, I encourage you to scour through God's word and look at an instance when he does that to someone. And this is probably going to sound super harsh, but I'm just going to be real with you. But literally, if you read the book of Lamentations, you will know that what I'm saying is true. Here's the thing. If God gave you something bad, it's not a gift. It's called a punishment. And here's how I know for sure. God's word says the definition of a gift from God is something that is good, imperfect. There is no such thing as a bad gift from God. And that's why I have such an, a huge problem with singleness being called a blanketed gift for everyone when some people are suffering with it. And what's really frustrating for me is that I don't think that people that are spreading that message are understanding that what they're saying is so counter to God's biblical character. And for a lot of people, myself included, it's challenging our faith in God and our belief that God is good and that God is sovereign. For me, it just looked like me doubting God's will for my life. I was like, if this is it, I don't want it. Why would you do this to me, God? Someone you love, someone you know doesn't have this, have, I, I have these desires for marriage and for relationship and for sex and for children. Why would you put this on me? Like, this doesn't feel like love. Why would you do this? And of course, the truth is he didn't. And we know this, if you listen to my first episode, because of Romans 11 verse 29, which says that God's gifts and his callings are irrevocable, which means they're unchangeable. And since everybody is born single, and since people can get married, it would change that quote unquote gift of singleness. It's obviously not a gift from God. But before I understood that, I just started just praying to get rid of this gift lowering my standards in dating just to get rid of this gift. I just started to um, not want God's will for my life if it meant being single forever. I didn't want anything to do with it. I stopped praying. I stopped trusting him that he knew better. I I was like, if he's getting this so wrong, like, what else is he getting wrong? Um, I started diminishing my faith. It was just a really hard time. I remember walking around church, talking to one of my good friends, just crying, like, why? I don't have, this is what I really want. Like, why, God? Like, at least just have me, give me this. 
why does everyone else get this and I don't? Like, what's wrong with me? And a lot of wasted time crying and a lot of wasted time that I spent doubting God's goodness. But when I realized, when I did my own research and dug into God's word, I found that this was not true. It's a huge mind shift. Because like, I realized I didn't have to be content with singleness. I didn't have to. Just like I wouldn't be content with an illness or a divorce or someone cheating on me. In my first podcast episode, um, just in case you didn't listen to it, I told a story about um, the lady who was interviewing me at church. She asked if I was online dating and I told her that I was. She was like, well, do you think you're called towards marriage? Doubting my entire calling towards an institution, the very first institution that God ordained to show his love for the church. Because I'm unmarried, God might not want that for my life and to question that. That's just such a weird response. And as I compared it to someone who, a woman or a couple that's struggling with infertility, that the response to their, you know, not inability to have a child is not, well, you should probably work on getting over that really soon because maybe you're not supposed to be a mother. And it's like, no, there's a sadness. There's a loss there. The response is so different. They're cared for so differently. And that was just a huge example of how singles and people who are unmarried are cared for differently than, than other people going through trials. Someone who wants marriage, someone who wants a relationship, who wants to be desired, to feel desired, to have a partner, that person is told maybe God does not want that for them and that your current miserable state is a gift from God. And this is kind of the moment where I realized that the difference between being content with singleness and being content with God in the season of singleness lies in our response. A response from me to God, from the church to singles, and to singles to each other. And I can't wait to explain that response and my response and the steps that I took in the final episode of this singleness series, which is episode number four. Thank you guys so much for listening to the My Sister Said podcast. And we'll be back with episode four very soon. I miss you guys so much already. Okay, bye.